Welcome back to the We Are Wayfarers podcast. We are Ben and Crystal Woods, and together we lead the Brave Way Home. We're so grateful you're joining us for Season 3, Episode 11. We spent a lot of time diving headlong into Team Woods culture codes and how they've shaped our family. And so today we are leaning into the process of adopting new culture codes in your home. And we're so glad to lean in alongside you. Episode 11. Here we are. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to the We Are Wayfarers podcast. Hey everybody. It's good to have you back with us and good to have some of our new listeners with us. Welcome Wayfarers. Yeah. I, you always feel that tension of like, I want to give a special welcome. To and, the, the people who are first listening. And then it's just like, but what about all the people who've been rolling with us for a long time? Special welcome. You're they all deserve, special. We're, we're so grateful. Special award, yes. But it's always good. It's always good. And we're so grateful to have you guys listen along uh, whether you are tagging in for the first time or you've been with us like the whole time and we're just encouraged. So, well, this is, uh, this has been a full stretch, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This has been a full ministry stretch. So many things, lots of teaching, lots of speaking, um, lots of treehouse time, lots of treehouse time. So many beautiful moments, which uh, is made for, I mean, this has been a wild and windy stretch in your words. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's been like a lot of sunshine, but since like in Southern Indiana, the weather changes like crazy from day to day. The swing is, is serious. Yeah. I mean, and this week, this week alone, we've had, we've had such holy moments with people in the tree. Um, but we, I mean, the trees, the, the leaves aren't out yet, right? And the grass is trying to figure out if it's ready to be green or not, you know, and and it is windy. And I'm telling you, earlier this week, I was in there for probably four or five hours worth of meetings. And I'm thinking the whole time, if this thing's going down, it's today because the <laughs> you wind. You can see it sway. It's totally secure. Yes. Like it's structurally yeah. sound. Good just... point of clarity. It is totally <laughs> structurally sound but the wind was as, as i'm sitting there we're sitting there with people like i'm literally seeing all like like things fall from the sky you know and some of it is from our trees some of it's blowing in from everywhere else but um probably wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of take a moment to explain what treehouse time is yeah, good idea <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that hasn't been journeying with us long the short story is this Several years ago, our oldest and our middle, so Ezra and Kala, wanted a treehouse really, really bad. Lila was but a baby. And they drug me out to the backyard, cast the vision for um, a treehouse. And, you know, Ezra has always been very articulate. And I remember him saying, Dad, I love our house. I'm just disappointed in where you bought it. <laughs> because we don't have a lot of property. We don't have a lot of trees. And we don't really have treehouse trees. But they, yeah, Ezra was made to be a, a country kid. Like yes, he was just yes. made to have lots of trees and, and area to roam. And I wanted so badly to do something for them like this, but I'm like, we, I don't have treehouse trees, and and so they, um, they came out and they're like, Dad, just build it up from the ground so that the tree drapes over it. And I'm like, ah, that's a great idea. So we found out how to do it. Um, my father helped, a friend helped, um, Ezra helped. We we went all in on this and built this big old tree house in our backyard. And it's just been our sacred space for almost seven years now. And 
birthday parties, picnics, play dates, campouts, all kinds of stuff have happened in this tree. But when COVID hit and everybody was trying to figure out how do we connect with one another in meaningful ways, we just started inviting people into our treehouse and into our sacred space. And what God has grown through it with the ministry of the Brave Way Home is all of our discipleship time, all of our time leaning in deeply with people for a whole host of reasons. I mean, there's we cover a lot of ground, but it's just that safe space to talk about harder things, deeper things, and we lean in. And so God has given us a lot of uh, beautiful moments with a lot of people in ongoing ways, and that's what Treehouse Time is. It's a deeper look to the deeper things in discipleship. And if you ever want to hang out with us, come join us in our tree. You can just open invitation. Shoot us an email and um, come hang out with us. But yeah, it's been wild and windy. I mean, our street is currently flooding as we speak right now. Like Lila's crossing her fingers, hoping she can take the kayak out on the yes, canal here soon. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm pretty hopeful too. I mean, um, I think it'll be great. They it when the street floods. We can either be really frustrated or disappointed in it, or we can get the kayaks out Find an and adventure. let them live the dream for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a kayak day. That's the way we can look at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, what else? There's There's been a lot going on. Um, we just got to uh, speak at Crossroads Community Church here in, in New town. Albany, mm-hmm. which was so cool. I hit every green light on my way Uh <laughs> Reason to celebrate. <laughs> I was so excited. And early on Sunday mornings, there's not always a ton of people out on the streets. So I'm like, I don't even have anyone to gesture at driving alongside me to celebrate that I'm like, I'm hitting every green light. Um, but what is so crazy is last weekend, the weekend before, we spoke at Crossroads Commun- or Christian Church in Danville, Illinois. So two crossroads. Two crossroads. And I. One week. In one week, technically, and I made it through both without making one Bone Thugs and Harmony reference. Okay, uh, from, from the pulpit. I mean, yes, you made pulpit. plenty oh, yeah. at home. See you at the crossroads, crossroads. Yeah, like I mean, I've been singing it all week long, but uh, you just said the pulpit. the pulpit. I think that sounds so formal. <laughs> um, while preaching, I never made any reference to Bone Thugs and Harmony, so we're gonna put that in the same wind column as the green lights. Well, and we can even celebrate because the opportunity to speak at Crossroads came from a fellow wayfarer, somebody who is listening along to the podcast, um, Caitlin, because she followed our story and has been listening along. She made that connection with the ministry staff at her church, and that opportunity opened up. They invited us in, and we were able to um, come alongside that church family, get to know them a little bit, spend some some moments with oh, them. Oh, had so many yeah. precious holy moments with people before service. And after service. And um, Caitlin, I hope it's okay that we're saying your name right now, but we're just so thankful for how you helped open a door for us to honestly come and serve in person with your church family. And so it's it's a beautiful reminder of how God is using the podcast to allow us to serve in so many other ways, but just such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oh my, we've had this has been a week full of a lot of encouraging and such meaningful messages uh coming off of coming off of last week's episode where we were leaning into how every moment is a gift and you know uh got to give another shout out Dave 
over in England, um, on the other side of the pond. Uh, you know, he, I, I, he has been such a source of encouragement along the way as he's just shared how the podcast has ministered to him and his family um, as they walk the road. Um, and I, uh, I, I've just always so emboldened when, when I get his messages. And this one was both encouragement and he's like, hey, you can't introduce a story about driving a tour bus illegally without like and just leave us just hanging leave us and hanging. not tell the story. So, um, Dave, this is for you. Okay, so here's the story. Uh, we were in a tour bus. Um, I was in a rock band. That's what we did. We had a tour bus, and our bass player had his license. That means he'd done all of his, you know, the things he'd taken the driving test and both the written and the actual driving. The rest of us had taken our written test, and we were going to go back to take our driving test. But as long as the bass player was in the bus with us, we were supposed to be able, we were you legally, we had our permit, we could drive. It's a bus. It's not an escort, right? It's not like a Corolla where you know when everyone's in. You can lose somebody in there. <laughs> yeah. We genuinely thought he was in the back. I did not learn that he wasn't in the back until the officers, plural, came to the side of the bus. Um, and I asked one of the other guys uh, to go grab our bass player from the back. And he comes back being like, he's not on here. Um, and he had hopped in a car with somebody else because we were driving back to campus. And so um, there's no way. I mean, though, it was totally innocent because we got pulled over for, like, I think, like a brake light or something like that. Because mm -hmm. you were but, pulling a trailer behind. Yeah. But when you're when you're 50 feet of a <laughs> vehicle running down the interstate and two officers conspicuous. <laughs> and you look like me in the front seat and I'm like, uh. I have a permit, um, and that guy's actually not in the bus like we thought. It's on multiple levels. It's like, number one, how did you leave him? Did we leave him somewhere? Okay. Where is he? Why isn't he in here? Ben, let's go, and you can spend a, the next half hour in the back of our trooper's car, and we can talk about it together. <laughs> I have lots of time to unpack so, it. So, yeah, I, I had the privilege of getting to know a couple state troopers, um, and... Uh, great conversation. Was that your first ticket? Yes. Yes, that was. <laughs> yeah. Pretty great That's story. Um, but ticket. got to go to the courthouse um, and uh, make an appearance um, and plead my case to no avail. So um, <laughs> <laughs> there's the story. But Dave, here's the deal. Like, it is such a reminder um, that we have people listening along, like from all over the world. Um Almost every state of the union is represented in in the We Are Wayfarers listening audience, those journeying with us, but like over 30 countries. I maybe I shouldn't even say that out loud, but like we're just blown away by that. And to know that like what what is unfolding in these conversations, God is using in such an expansive way, spiritually and, dare I say, geographically, right? Like yeah. there's nothing that has bottled this up and bound this and kept this from being useful in calling other wayfarers forward together. And so, yeah, but if you're one of the listeners who have 
reached out and has, you know, kind of started the conversation or continued the conversation through email or text or message, thank you. That's just so encouraging to us. It makes it feel like a real conversation because we're coming, we're, we're, we're going back and forth. And so we're getting to hear from you as well. And that's just, it's beautiful. It's an, it's a beautiful opportunity. So yeah. thank you. And we love hearing from you. Um, we should make a map. Like we should make a map of like you're looking at me like no Ben this is a tangent rain it in we should make a map <laughs> of like where everybody stats is guy though you like you no like I'm all not the... I I like the visual reminders of of things like that that sounds creepy to be like hey tell us where you're from um <laughs> we have a few states that we haven't quite hit yet so I think that's on your list like so if you have listener fr- if you have friends in like what Maine oh I don't know what I don't remember what they are. <laughs> There's just a couple states that we still haven't haven't infiltrated. Infiltrated? <laughs> All right. Why don't we turn a corner? Because maybe I'm not the only one that's going off the rails here with ideas. Infiltrated? Um, okay. Let's turn this corner. All right. This whole season has been about embracing the privilege of pastoring our children. That's kind of where we've been walking. We've been talking about creating and cultivating a culture of discipleship in our home, like for our families and how vital it is. That reminder that if if we aren't discipling our children, someone else is. And I think what we've tried to convey and are more and more convinced of is that the truth is everything that we're unpacking, it's quite applicable for any culture that we find ourselves. It's way beyond marriage and family. And so whether it's your broader family, extended family, your church family, your work family, goodness, your staff team, sports team, um, your bowling team, anybody on a bowling team? I remember that takes me back to the 80s. I don't know where that came from. But my mom- You were on a bowling team? No, my mom and dad were. Yeah, we would drive to Waverly, Illinois, so mom and dad, yeah, dad was really good. Mom, I love you. The worst. So bad at bowling. But she had a really cool bowling ball. She was on the team? Um, She was on the team. Anyway- what we want to spend some time uh, talking about today, if if we really can turn this corner, um, we want to create some conversation about the process itself. Like we've talked a lot about what our culture codes are, where they started, where they've come from, what they've grown into individually. But we want to kind of talk about what that process has looked like um, and how we adopt a culture code. And so, yeah, some of where it seems to start and where it seems to lead. And each of them have really had a different origin story. Yeah. But I mean, and again, it's not a static code. We are consistently and constantly aware of how God is moving our family, growing our culture. And so we want to pronounce different codes like in conjunction with that, according to that leading. So um, the process and adopt adopting new culture codes it's it's just identifying the values that we want to pronounce and deciding how we're going to live it um because your culture code has to grow with your family we will naturally weave new codes in as we experience new things in life as new things develop and new experience happen um so our language will have to adapt to envelop that yeah i think our language has to adapt to the life we're living yeah right like i mean even even in the way that we tell the stories of of so many of our culture codes now of how they've even grown and developed because we've we've gone all in on them Mm -hmm. you know some of them started with touch points that were like that'd be a good idea Mm -hmm. but in time the process 
unfolding kind of gave shape to like, no, this is a, we're all in on this. And this is what it's going to look like in every dimension of our life. Yeah. Well, and I think as, as life has progressed for us, they've taken on either a deeper meaning, like where they, they take on a new dimension. It's still true. It's still something we want to be known, known for and something we want to pronounce in our culture, but it means something different now. And that's true um, with a lot of our culture codes just here recently in our, our new um, context of, you know, life in pain and life in longing, um, life in, you know, welcoming promises from a distance, knowing that heaven is ahead and our family is in a temporary situation of separation. And so some of those culture codes, they haven't been disproved. They've only been deepened by that experience. I think that's a good way to put it because we... I mean, like we said before, we're not experts in anything. We're just trying to faithfully walk out, run the race marked out for us, and point our children's hearts in the right direction, right? Like, I mean, that's been the plan. And the way we see discipleship is very much the, what are the tools we're putting in their backpack? Because we got a window. Mm-hmm. We got a season. And we are just fiercely committed to not squandering that. We want to put the deposits in their heart about the heart of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, like we've said all along, that they would know they are loved by Jesus and they would learn how to love others like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that, with that being the plan, we, for us, have just tried to create culture codes that seem to have surfaced because of where we've walked and what we're experiencing, but what God is teaching us along the way through, in many ways, these little humans that he's entrusted to our care, our children. Mm-hmm. And I I can't help but think of how, how much my parents have shaped me with their intentionality. Like, no, we didn't have like culture codes pronounced, but we had a way, right? Like we we had a way and so much of these, honestly, they have truly been the deposits that our parents put into mm-hmm. our hearts mm-hmm. that have fanned into flame the desire to do this for our children. Yeah. So one of the culture codes that I have um, kind of just been praying about and leaning around, like like trying to build language around, is something that I, it has been um, just kind of a newfound thing for me to recognize my dependence, my need for God's word in my life day after day in in a daily manner. And I I think for so long that was a struggle for me to prioritize and to protect time in God's word. But here in these last few years, I have had a dependence on it like never before. And it's like you don't know how much you need it until it is all that is holding you up in the dark. And that has been my experience um, with God's word that when life completely fell apart for us, God's word was the only thing that was true and sturdy that I could stand on. And so getting my my hands in God's word has been transformational for me. It has been, you know, 
bedrock for me. And so I, I just wanted to look at our culture code um, and, and decide if there are ways. And I think there are ways that we are pronouncing um, a yielding to God's word in our culture codes. But I, I kind of felt like there was a way that we could pronounce it more definitively. And so the culture code that I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, I guess it's, it's okay to say like, these are ones that we are in the process of figuring out, right? right? That is that. Right. So this is just more of like a practical demonstration, I guess, yeah. of in real of, time. In yeah. real time. So the culture code I'm kind of wrestling with and, and hoping to um, maybe what formally introduce as as a culture code is know God's word, trust God's ways. Um, and I think that that just kind of gives. For our family, for our children, um, a pathway and like an anchor to God's word that when we know God's word, we know that we can trust God's ways. And that comes from scripture itself. You know, Isaiah 55, 8, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And remembering that the things that we see right now, we see just a very, very small portion of it. God sees it from the top. He sees everything. Um, and so the things that, that we don't understand about God's ways, he can understand. He does understand. And if we can trust God's word that his will for us is good, then we have to be able to trust God's ways. Um, I don't know. That's just something that was has been on my heart about, you know, formally saying as part of Team Woods culture, we want to be known as people who know God's word and trust God's ways. And I think that gives us a footing to not just teach them that truth, but teach them how and why to engage God's word, right? That's something I know we've spent a lot of time in. Like, I mean, I just came from a men's Bible study this morning in James 1 and talking about how much it matters that, that we are allowing God's word to transform us, mm -hmm. that we are we are not settling for the earthly, we are focused on the wisdom that comes from heaven, right? Like it's such a, the tail end of James one is, is very much the listening and doing, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, it's very much heavenly thinking, invading earthly living kind of language, but over and over again, scripture is its best interpreter, right? And it, and scripture has a lot to say about what scripture is. I mean, Hebrews four, it's alive and it's active yeah. and it penetrates the heart. Like it divides, divides all, all the way down, right? Soul and spirit, yeah. Right? But, or Second Timothy 3.16, that all, like God's word is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And that's something like, like I'm a, I've, I've been in all kinds of different schools growing up. So like I was in a Christian school as a, as a kid and then went to homeschool as a missionary kid and then did um, public school for high school. Um, and all throughout that time, I've, I've learned different things. But during my homeschool years, my mom was super intentional about having us memorize certain scriptures. And even as, I mean, how old am I? I'm 43 now. Like even now, <laughs> I forget sometimes. Sometimes, um, all the times. Uh, even now, I can still recall some of those verses because they're just in me. They've, they've, they've grown in me. They've been tucked away, you know, hidden away in my heart. And so those verses just come back to me very naturally. And I feel like that is a way that God speaks to us by bringing his word to mind for certain situations and certain um, circumstances that you're walking in, that God will bring his word to mind. And that is how he speaks to us. And that is an absolute 
um, necessary thing for a believer because we know that life in this world is difficult. We know that the road we walk is at times perilous. It's treacherous. And we need to know that our God sees us, knows us, and has a word for us right now. And so when we know God's word, that is, it, it puts it in a position to be able to speak to us at the points when we need it the most. Yeah, I think we, when we are grabbing for something solid, right? Um, it's very revealing of how immersed we are in it. And, it, and I, I don't, I don't want anything to sound that it's like, oh, we must all be Bible scholars. Goodness, we're not. Um, but I know that I want this to be my vocabulary because God's word feeds my soul mm -hmm. and he sustains me through it, right? Like says that it won't come back void, right? Doesn't say exactly when, but when it is in us, it will come out of us and God will use that in the lives of other people. The way we connect the dots in the the narrative of scripture, the story of scripture and and this love letter in so many ways to God's creation, but it's ultimately about his glory. And the more we immerse ourselves in all of this, I think the better equipped we are to wayfare through whatever life is in front of us. And I think if what we do, you know, you saying that about uh you know, your mom and dad being so intentional. I know I've shared this story multiple times about my mom and her laminator and laminating scripture and plastering it all over the house. And those are now plastered all over the walls of my heart. And it has been pertinent to have recall of biblical truths washing over our, our hearts when the lies of this world are screaming right yeah um when i think it's a useful thing for fellow wayfarers to have in their backpack as a tool to encourage other wayfarers like i feel like there are ways that that we can speak such a word of strength and purpose and encouragement to fellow wayfarers in difficult times when we have allowed those words to speak to us you know yeah those promises that have pulled us forward yeah like for he, for us, Hebrews, I mean, has been that entire book has been a call to do. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that he has promised for in just a little while. The coming one will come and he will not delay. And my righteous ones will live like by faith. Those are words that have shaped the way that we have walked through this difficult, difficult time, it has shaped our perspective to put eyes um, on Jesus and hearts on heaven. It has absolutely informed the way that we walk this forward, but it has absolutely empowered us with the words to speak to other other people who are in similar situations or in just difficult parts of the journey to say, don't throw it away. Don't turn back. Don't settle. Don't quit. We have got to keep going because there is such a salvation set out before us. There's such a joy set before us. We have got to keep going. It's, it's, it's provided us with the actual words of life that people need and for the, the journey. It's the nourishment we need. And I think that's, yeah, the reason why you, everyone who's listening right now is getting a window into our literally our process of sorting through how and why and what it looks like. Because when we are immersed 
in scripture, like when we are basking in it, we let those truths wash over us and we can then authentically share that with fellow wayfarers. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically, like with humility and expectancy, I think there is something about when you enter into God's word, you can trust that if this is alive and active, like God intends to do something in us and with us and through us when we spend time together with him in it. And I, I know, I know how easy it is to maybe feel like we have all the right answers and still miss the heart of God. That's why I love the idea of pairing it with like knowing God's word and trusting God's ways. It's that we learn his ways through his word. We don't want to simply tell our children what God's word says, but we want to show them and we want to further show them how to engage in it. I mean, practically speaking, like how you step into the story of scripture and how you engage it. I, I we should do, I would love to, we, maybe we could do a series. Look at you. I'm looking at you like. <laughs> that was three partial sentences. I know, boom, boom, I know. Boom. But it's like, it's hitting me. I'm like, we should do a season on just spiritual disciplines, like mm-hmm. pathways and practices of, of engaging God's word. Like, um, yeah, I'm, you're looking at me like, of course, Ben. All right. But I'm, <laughs> If you're okay with it, boss, maybe we'll do that next. Uh, Approved. Um, but I, it, it tells me that we can't just say what God's word says. We, we have to teach them how to engage it themselves, how to be able to, to learn those pathways and practices themselves. I mean, I, I look at what Bible study has looked like. Um, Bible basking has looked like with each of our kids mm-hmm. and, and how much has changed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Ezra and I, oh my goodness, it's looked a lot of different ways over the years. Uh, but I think of Calla, of how Calla would grab that devotional and she's like circling us up. She's ready to lead, mm-hmm. um, ready to like, okay, you read this part, you read that part, I'm reading this part. Um, I, But she's our little scribe. Calla... <laughs> Calla would, she would literally just copy scripture. How she picked the, the passages, I don't know, but but it was great. It was so beautiful to read. Yeah. Oh, and it's in her handwriting and we have all these pages. Like I, but I, I love that. Like she was doing that on her own. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have any memory of being like, honey, you should just start writing all of scripture. Start in Genesis six <laughs> and talk about the Nephilim. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is pretty complicated uh, genre and text uh, to understand and interpret. But yeah, start there. You know, like I don't have memories of telling her to do that, but she did it. We've got pages and pages. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I also know, like, I have memories just burned in my head from uh, she went to a, a, a camp at our church at that point and um the verse of the week I can I could just always hear it in her in her voice that Joshua 1 9 so do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and that just has been such a point of of comfort for me that my girl she knows God's word and I'm I'm confident that as she was walking through very very scary territory she knew that truth that the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That is that is foundational for me. That is what I want for all of my children to be able to know this truth. 
Absolutely. And man, just the flood of memories right now. I mean, I think about with Ezra starting off, it would it would be like we're just going to read a couple of verses. And now he's got like a parallel Bible so that we can read from the same thing. And when we don't understand something, we read it alongside something else. And we we like go through translations. Yeah, different yeah. translations. And we, we're going through it slowly. Like right now we're hanging out in Colossians. Mm. Ah, I love <laughs> Colossians. That big surprise. Um, but but Lila, Lila, the girl just wants to highlight everything. Yeah. And I love that because she's seen so many of our little our pens and our highlighters. And it's just that reminder, like they have visual memories of our Bibles open and us in it. Yeah. And that's an answer to prayer, honestly, because I remember hearing a Bible study leader um, share about how her adult daughter, um, she kind of like busted her almost like sitting in her chair in front of her Bible with her pens out and her coffee cup. And she was just sitting there. And it, and when the Bible study leader walked in and saw her daughter there, the daughter was like, <gasps> like busted and she was like what are you doing she goes mom I just want to I want to hear this word speak to me like it speaks to you I want to know him like you know him and what uh, that does to my heart for a child to be able to see how this has impacted us how this is shaping us how this is sustaining us and to to choose to imitate that is just absolutely how God works as a parent discipling a child because we can see the impact. They can see the impact in us and we can see the impact of our um, obedience in them. So I think that's just, it's an answer to prayer because when I heard that story, I was like, I want my kids to do that. And isn't that such a great example of the fruit that could develop? from a culture code like this. Mm. So so maybe we just step back and acknowledge that process of identifying the value and looking to pronounce it and live it and give it language. And there's so many ways that we've already been pronouncing that value. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are ways that we can continue to press into it. Like maybe we can, you know, have a family verse for the year that we all are committed to. I know a lot of families that do that. Yeah. To memorizing so that we can have that, you know, in our backpacks. Well, and as is the case with any other culture code in time, it's going to grow and grow with us and continue to take different shapes to richer and deeper, more meaningful truth as we walk this whole thing out, as we run this race marked out for us. So it's official. We are Team Woods. We know God's word and we trust God's ways. <laughs>